0: excited to dive into a topic this morning about the future of powering Wisconsin. If you listen to the show regularly, you know that I've been on this for some time. I am greatly concerned about the collision between the increased demand for electric power and simultaneously the calls for reducing, working even at the behest of extremists who seek to fully eliminate the use of fossil fuels. How are we going to produce enough electricity? I also strongly believe there are many people with virtually no knowledge about where electricity actually comes from. It is not magic, and it doesn't come from the outlet in your wall. It starts somewhere.
1: And that's why we're here to educate today. Yes, It is generated
0: right now overwhelmingly by fossil fuel power plants. We are s- plugging in more and more gadgets every day. Electricity is the lifeblood of so many things that we do. We charge our phones, our power tools, from lawnmowers to cordless drills, electric heat, electric stoves, battery-powered everything, and what about as we increasingly plug in our cars? Are we going to do about the energy situation if we're going to move to largely electric vehicles on the road? Some folks targeting twenty thirty five. I've got two guys from We Energies with us this morning in studio. Brendan <clears throat> Conway, you see him on TV and hear him on the radio. Usually when things are bad, <laughs> we've had a big old storm. And <laughs> good to be here out. today. Yeah. Yes, right. So Brendan's with us this morning, and then he's brought Dan Krieger, who's executive vice president of planning, who's a big projects guy. So how do we meet the demands for power today and in the future? Welcome to both of you. Really appreciate it. Dan, let, Thank me you. S- let me start with the premise that I laid out there. Am I right to be asking these questions to be concerned with our electric generating capacity as both demand increases and then the pressure on you folks in the energy sector to move toward more renewable uh, energy sources? It's a big question. So happy to be
2: here. Thanks for having us. I yield the remainder of my time to Dan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go you go got ahead. plenty of it. All right. Terrific. Well, I'll start by saying that our plans are, are based on what we call affordable, reliable, and clean. That's our mission as the electric provider and the gas provider for good part of Wisconsin. When we look at at this question of clean energy, it is a complicated one. So today we've got power from nuclear, coal, gas, solar, wind, hydro, you name it. Batteries are, are, are coming in place as well. And we've laid out some of the most aggressive CO2 reduction targets in the country. So We already take pride in our CO2 reduction, which is over 50% since 2005. Our goal is now 80% reduction by 2030. It gets a little complicated, so we have to generate the power from somewhere, and we have to be able to prove that we can generate power when it's needed. We're part of a of a Midwest grid. Okay, there's an operator. And our first role as a utility is to prove to this grid operator that we're reliable. That we can provide the energy our customers need when they need it. And we're measured on that. So we call that, you know, that's, those are the power plants that are there ready to dispatch at any given time. Okay. Okay. And then the next thing is what people think of when they, when they think of electricity is, is the actual power that's consumed. So just because we have a plant doesn't mean it's always running. What's changing with this energy transition is that we've gone from a fleet full of plants, mostly coal plants, that we controlled when they ran to new plants, solar, wind, that they kind of tell us when they want to run. Yeah.
0: So, so is, is this compatible as we plug in more things, we have more battery-powered everything? Is that compatible with also continuing to reduce
2: the carbon footprint? We think so. We just need the time. So we have we have an excellent plan. So we have a plan that takes us through these goals of 2030, which meets all these requirements to have the power plants ready, to have the energy ready to go, and to reduce CO2 by 80% by, the, by that time. What we need is time to execute the plan.
1: So, Dan, you mentioned that not every plant you may drive by is operating at a given moment. Like, How do we determine when a plant needs to be operating, when it needs to be shut down? What, Who makes that determination and how?
2: Oh, that's a great question. So we have a power operations group that works hand-in-hand with the grid operator. There's forecasts that are put together day ahead and hour ahead, and the grid operator sends signals to each of the utilities or the power plant owners of what they want from that plant and when. So let's get into this. Uh, Brendan, you and I have talked about this before
0: as well. You know, the, where we energies has traditionally had coal-powered mm-hmm. plants, in many cases you've switched over to gas. I mean, I'm old enough to remember, as many folks listening right now are, the big coal pile in Port Washington that is now gone as that plant years ago was converted to natural gas. You're looking into doing the same thing a, in, in Oak Creek as well. Is that no longer a viable solution? I mean, what's what's wrong with doing that? Well, coal, first of all,
3: uh, will be in our fleet through about twenty thirty, maybe as long as twenty thirty two. But it is definitely going away. First of all, some EPA rules that are kind of forcing the hand of a lot of utilities that either you have to put in really really expensive um, changes to those coal plants um, that just doesn't make it economic viable. But also, you know, uh, we know that we can now, as we move away uh, from coal, we can continue to provide what we call baseload or kind of power with solar, with wind. And then we're going to replace a lot of that with dispatch, what Dan was talking about, that always on with our natural gas plants. And those can power up really quickly. Coal, it doesn't have that same flexibility. right? Coal takes a long time to turn on. It takes a long time to turn off. It's it's been the backbone of Wisconsin's power for d- generations, um so it's served us well, but in the future um it's
1: it's not needed, and there's ways to do it that is this cleaner and more efficient and to that point, Brendan, we've obviously heard the news this week about a solar plant, a large solar plant that's being pursued at what's currently a landfill if you're just southeast of Milwaukee Mitchell International so what role do so solar and particular we energy solar plants now play in as the grid expands and need expands can solar is it a it's not a one size fits all solution obviously what role does that play so solar and, and and again
3: wind are going to be there when when it's sunny or when it's windy um, and it's going to provide increasingly as we build these things out over the next, you know, five, ten years. So certainly that's going to be what's going to be providing probably the majority of the power on those days, and it's sunny and it's windy. Um, but we know there's times that, well, we know certainly the sun goes down every day. It's not very windy. So how do we keep the power on? And that's where kind of the, the generation planning that Dan and his group do, and that's where we're talking about other things, whether it's batteries, whether it's uh, natural gas plants or nuclear, which we still have in a part of our fleet, which, by the way, is carbon-free. 24-7, right? So these things are all so incredibly important. Um, yes, we're building more solar. Yes, we're building more wind. But I'm sure Dan can touch on it. We also have new natural gas plants uh, in our plans This has just been in the news the last few weeks or so that are also going to be
0: increasingly important. Yeah, Dan, I really wanted to ask you about nuclear. I think a lot of folks also listening might be surprised to learn we do still have a nuclear plant in uh, Wisconsin, uh, Point Beach. What is that? Manitowoc County. Right. And that is cranking out. uh, How many more years of useful life does that have? And could we see an expansion of nuclear? Nobody wants to build a new nuclear power plant, whether that's out of. Ignorance, or whether that's out of legitimate concern. Regardless, nobody
2: ever wants to do that. So, what's the future of nuclear for We Energies? Well, we're we're very pleased to have the offtake agreement with the Point Beach Nuclear Power Plant. Point Beach provides about twenty percent of the energy for the We Energies and WPS Utilities in Wisconsin. So, it is a significant part of our energy supply. And as Brendan said, it's zero carbon. That plant is licensed for approximately nine or ten more years. That plant owner next era has to make a decision on whether they pursue uh, a lifetime extension of that plant
0: we're talking with we energies today about the future of powering wisconsin if you guys can stick around for a break a couple more things i want to touch on is there anything else that we haven't is there some new technology out there that perhaps we're looking into that we haven't addressed and then also what about cost are energy prices ultimately going up or down we'll hit that coming up next on wisconsin's morning news
2: got, got, got to avenue
0: 823 on Wisconsin's morning news. Dan Kruger and Brendan Conway are here from WE Energies this morning as we investigate the future of electric power in Wisconsin. Dan, you know, as WE Energies continues to invest in renewable, we talked about that, we talked about wind and solar. Do you believe at least for the foreseeable future natural gas is still a part of the power generating capacity at least here in Wisconsin because of all the things that
2: Brendan mentioned about the unreliability uh, of some of those renewable sources? Absolutely. So we do have a a plan based on known technologies that we're comfortable with to get us to 80% CO2 reduction by 2030. And it's important for people to realize that the core of our generating capacity or our fleet has been coal plants for decades. The new core is going to be zero-carbon generation. It's that that combination of nuclear, solar, and wind. So when the the zero-carbon generation can't meet demand, because of sun or wind that doesn't show up, that's when these quick-start gas plants will kick in. And they'll fill those gaps. But when the zero-carbon generation can come back online and fill it, they turn back off. So they play a key role as we go forward in this. Sounds like a
0: nice compromise. It is. (laughs) Right? And it should be. But, you know, there's this sort of war on natural gas. I mean, Chicago is investigating the possibility of not allowing any new natural gas ports to be installed in new construction. Mm -hmm. What's with the war on natural gas? Yeah, It's an environmental
3: uh, – we think misguided. Matter of fact, we have – that is our utility in Chicago right? and our natural gas utility that is under attack, as you said. And, and uh, there's been some common sense uh, city council members who have pushed back and I think
0: delayed that. Um, I hope so. I mean like don't come for my stove, man. I finally got a natural gas stove. I really like it.
1: Really expensive, <laughs> by the way. I mean, <laughs> yes. we, and, and How we, do I factor into this? I uh, yes. wouldn't want
3: to throw a lot of stats, but really expensive, right? Uh, heating with electricity is two to three times more expensive than that furnace. And guess what? It gets cold in Wisconsin. It gets cold in Chicago. So I think that's the story we've been telling in chicago that people have been hearing and going oh we understand that a little bit better not to mention by the way about seventy five thousand dollars to retrofit a house in chicago yeah, to go no, from natural you. gas to electricity
0: <laughs> so what's what's new is there any new technology dan on the horizon that, that we can point to you know we got your wind, we got your solar you've got some of the newer ways to adapt our traditional fossil fuels but the, there's
2: something new out there i mean besides nuclear fusion which as we've said is a century off or so there's a lot of advancements occurring in, in the scale and efficiency of wind and solar. So we, are very bullish on those technologies. Once we have those plants built and connected, we expect that over time we'll be able to repower them to produce more and more energy. There's a lot of discussion about. So you get more out of what we've got. We, that's our expectation. We'll get more out of the windmills. Yeah. We'll get more out of the solar generation. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. We, we expect that. There's a lot of discussion about batteries and solar. And, you know, we were talking on the break about um, EVs. Well, we're also installing lithium-ion batteries at some of our solar facilities to take advantage of periods when there's excess generation from the solar. So we charge the batteries, and guess what? At night, when the solar goes off but the load doesn't, we discharge the batteries. So it's sunshine after sunset's That's how we look at it.
1: You bring up the batteries in EV, and we've gotten a couple of people on the talk and text line asking, I am also curious, mm-hmm. they run on batteries that you have to plug in and charge, and then you go off about your business But as we've known for our entire lives, anything that's battery-powered, whether it's your phone, whether it's a Game Boy, if you want to date yourself a little bit, those batteries die at some point, and you have to dispose of them properly. So as we slowly move towards, and we've mentioned 2035, a lot of places are targeting for mostly EV vehicles on highways, what happens to those batteries once they reach the end of their lifespan?
2: Well, we expect there to be significant recycling and refurbishment of the batteries, so, you know, can't speak for the automakers, but the batteries we're looking at, we expect that they'll be pulled out, they'll be refurbished, they'll be returned. And I don't know how many lifetimes one of those cases will have, but, but we're also very bullish that there's going to be a lot of efficiency with the battery recycling.
0: Talking with Dan Kruger and Brendan Conway from We Energies this morning. All right. How much is all this going to cost? We have a lot of new infrastructure investments. We have things that we want in terms of a, a cleaner environment, but that is a, a substantial cost to retool some of these old plants and to add new things and technologies. So are we looking at over the next 10 years, energy costs rising or are there savings because of the renewable aspect?
3: Yeah, I mean we're investing significant dollars in all of these things, right? And as part of that process, it goes through the regulatory uh, pr- pr- process. And as those things are approved, and we expect, you know, that they will be, uh, you know, after they're investigated, or at least most of them uh, will be, they go into rates. So, so there is that. So certainly, you start to see those projects. They are recovered in rates. However, um, the good news for our customers, and we've been telling this for for a long time. Um, is we expect significant savings over that horizon, right? Because as we bring on more sun and wind, guess what? It doesn't cost anything. There's no fuel costs there, right? Mother Nature provides all that. So we expect savings of about $2 billion over the next 20 years versus if we were just to continue to do what we are doing. that includes if we had to meet those strict EPA guidelines, which would cost hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars more. So there's long-term cost savings. As those projects get put into rates, uh, We'll start to recover those in rates, you know, a small percentage per year. Um, but the long-term cost savings are significant.
0: And it sounds kind of like a TIF district, you know, like, well, OK, we're going to for a while here. We won't charge these folks any any taxes because they're putting up a building that ultimately then when we collect those property taxes, that will give a, sort of a refund or a rebate to the
2: taxpayer. But you have to be rate conscious. Oh, we are very much. Everything we do, we we get back to affordable, reliable and clean. So every project is evaluated using those criteria. Dan Conway and uh, Dan, uh, sorry, Dan, Dan Kruger and Brendan Conway. We've merged I, them.
0: I, hey, or Dan. <laughs> Nuclear fusion. Could, there, there's some cost savings right yeah. there. Just make, you know, one job out of it here. Really appreciate you guys uh, being you. here with us and uh, setting the record straight on a lot of stuff. Learned a lot of new things today. So appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Much. Coming up on 830 on Wisconsin's Morning News.